0: well it's so good to be with church family today yeah lots of things going on in our church family babies being born we're super excited for the new addition to the Cruz family little uriah that's amazing yes so just doing life with you and um yeah i wouldn't want it any different you know I remember so many years Um, just raising my children in this church, there's times that you just go through issues or there'll be things in your life, outside stressors or um, challenges. And I just, like yesterday, I remember oftentimes just coming to church on Sunday or uh, maybe even being part of something during the week, uh, Sunday night service or something like that, something would lift. I was often so glad that we made the effort to come to church right because something would just lift and change uh, it, oftentimes it was internal maybe maybe the circumstances didn't change right away but there was a shift in us or in one of our family members and so you just cannot um, minimize what happens when we all gather together and um, we focus on God, we focus and we have a, an ear to hear what he'd have to say to us. It really is uh, quite a blessing. Well, I just want to pray as I get started today. It is an honor to be able to speak to you. I'm glad to uh, call you on my church family and I'm glad to be able to share the word with you. Shall we pray? Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this church, to be a part of this uh, community where this church sits. Lord, we just count it an honor to come before you and your word. We prize your word and say that it is valuable and important to us. And Lord, we just um, set ourselves to hear your word. And if we hear something that maybe changes the way we thought before we came in, we'll change the way we think to line it up with your word And Lord, we just uh, know that your ways are right, your ways are good, you are for us. And so, Father, when we come before your word, we can expect good things to happen in our lives when we agree and affirm uh, your word and what you're saying to us. So I pray that everyone would just leave today with a a specific word, a word for them individually. May we all leave with a, a specific now word from you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, let's talk about love today. Um, Mother's Day, Father's Day are oftentimes when we're thinking about relationship. Our focus might be on, you can turn me down just a little bit, I think. Our focus might be on the object of our our love, mother, father, um, whatever, and that's that's wonderful. But today I want to I want you to think and open your minds and hearts to what the Lord might say to you on a broader scale. So I want you to take away some things individually. When we talk about love, you know, love is central to relationship, and you were wired for relationship. Um, So it it would behoove us to find out what God says about having healthy relationship revolving around the topic of love so that our lives are better. So we want to hear his word uh, from that standpoint. And then also regarding our church family, Um, it's really important that we are who we need to be for each other. You know, that's a different perspective. If you just go through this life with a worldly perspective, it's all about me and uh, you making me happy and how you make me feel. And when you don't make me feel good anymore, well, we might need to reassess and reevaluate the terms of this relationship. And when we're looking at love through the perspective of scripture, through the lens of God's word, it changes that. And you know, it shouldn't be a negative thing. As I, as we begin to talk about love and uh, what Scripture says about love, oftentimes if you've um, heard any teachings on love, your Christian standpoint, your Christian lens, can be, all right. This is going to be tough. So I've just got to, you know, I'm going to receive this, and it's going to be rough. And I wish so and so was here to hear how they should be treating me. So it can be those kinds of things. I want you to just let that wash away. And realize that the more we learn about the love of God, the more it infuses us. We're going to find a little bit about what love is not. Love is a power force. And so we want to see what God says about it, change our perspective so that we can go out those doors and make a difference, first of all, in our own lives that we're just different on the inside. That has to happen first as the word of God changes and converts our thinking. And then secondly, we can make a a bigger impact uh, when we understand his word, especially regarding the topic of love. You know, God is love. I still can't tell you that I always understand exactly what that means. You you know what I mean? You can can, uh, understand things up here, and then there's times that you don't get it up here, but you've got it down here. That's kind of the way that uh, phrase is. God is love, but we're going to unpack a little bit of that today in Scripture as well. You know, John has been teaching on the blessing in the Old Testament. What, I think we just did like 16 parts. Um, He's been teaching all about how uh, once Adam and Eve fell, God instituted the blessing. He actually blessed them from the beginning, and then sin separated them from that blessing, the empowerment, the goodness of God in their lives. Now there was a block. Can I tell you today that sin is still a block? disobedience is still a block for his blessing and his goodness in our lives. And so um, John's been teaching about how we, we looked in scripture about Old Testament characters, men and women, and how God would speak to them and say, I, I bless you. I, I want these good things for you. And it came out in various ways in the Old Testament where you see financial blessing. Healing was part of the blessing. There was such a mark on the lives of those in the Old Testament that that they were set apart. They were different. God even wanted them to be enviable to those around them. Um, The world would have you think, and you may have even heard this in a cliché sort of way, we're all God's children. Well, that can't be true. Or the world would look a lot different. You know, the Bible talks about the enemy, the devil, being the God of this world. And so there is a God of this world and the people that are following him. And that can even be by default. There might would be some that would say, well, I uh, certainly wouldn't want to follow the devil. Well, that's just the way it is. You're either under the influence of, the, of darkness and the enemy, or you choose to make Jesus Lord of your life, and that changes everything. And so there are two different ways to go in the world. We're not just all God's children. Um, There are those that make him Lord. And when that happens, it gives God the opportunity to shine through your life and my life. And that's where the difference can be made. So in the Old Testament, we've been watching that and seeing God's plan. Well, his plan has not changed. He still wants his family, his children to look very different than what the world has, what they are experiencing. You don't have to experience the same things that you see in the world. You don't have to experience the same sickness and disease. It may come to you, but you have a healer. There may be other things that may come to you. There may be uh, problems with finances and you get into debt but you don't have to stay in debt. There's an answer for us when we're following the Lord. In the New Testament, Jesus lines out the blessing from the Old Testament. He wants to bless his children. God wants to bless his children. And then when he sent Jesus in the New Testament, this was an opportunity that was wide open in a different way. For love to shine through us in a way, again, it was in the Old Testament, a specific group of people that obeyed the laws and commandments lined out, in, lined out in Scripture, hundreds of them in the Old Testament. And if they stayed connected and followed God's ways through obedience, then they were blessed. In the New Testament, obedience is still a major factor. We'll see that in Scripture. It's still the deal as we follow God and trust Him. And relationship and we obey and we actually believe that he knows better than we do for ourselves I'm so glad I'm not trying to figure out my life by myself just got here a few 50 something years ago and trying to figure it out you know what that's a little bitty timeline that's a little bitty piece of the timeline of eternity that I'm here I dare not think I can figure my life out by myself or try to do things trial and error. No, God has given us great instructions that we want to follow him and line ourselves up, find out what he said, and do that, and then our lives will be blessed. So let's look at scripture today. Um, I'm going to go to John chapter, well, first of all, let's go to Leviticus 19, shall we? Jesus says in the New Testament, several times we see it recorded, that Jesus said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. Well, what's new about that commandment? Notice, commandment, not suggestion. Behold, I give you a new idea. Behold, I give you a better idea. No, it's a new commandment. I give you a new commandment. Well, first of all, let's see what the old commandment was. In Leviticus 19... Verses 17 and 18, it says this. I'm reading from the Good News translation for my scriptures today. It says, Do not bear a grudge against others, but settle your differences with them, so that you will not commit a sin because of them. Do not take revenge on others or continue to hate them, but love your neighbors as you do yourself. I am the Lord. So that's the old commandment that Jesus was talking about. We're going to see how Jesus changes things a bit and improves on that commandment. And the old commandment, notice that um, love, as God lined out here, is not just being nice, being sweet, letting people say what they want or bullying us into their belief system that is not based on truth, that's not love. We have to renew our minds to what God's Word says about love, or we see it as just, well, we just don't want to ruffle any feathers. Sometimes if you're walking in love, there'll be a little ruffling of feathers. In fact, let's look at what that says and unpack it a little bit in Leviticus. Don't bear a grudge against others. Let that speak to you today. Is there something that you need to clarify and get clear between you and God and then between you and someone else? Settle your differences with them. How would that look to you today? If someone came to your mind, don't just push it away. Think that that could be the voice of the Holy Spirit wanting you to work that out. How do you stay in the love of God? Don't take revenge on others or continue to hate them, but love your neighbor's as you love yourself. Amazing passage. So we, as Christians, we don't want to be lulled into allowing certain things that is termed love just by tolerating. You know, sometimes we just need to remove ourselves from uh, voices that are, are uh, against truth. And how do we find truth? From God's Word. Nowadays, you're hearing a lot of stuff, well, uh, uh, phrase, phrases like this, well, my truth my truth, my, my truth for me. You know, there's one truth. There's one truth. And if you made Jesus Lord of your life, we don't have the option to say, well, this is what I believe. We believe what God's word says and make everything else in our lives line up with that. So let's look at what Jesus uh, said in, uh, about um, his commands. Um, John 15. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. Okay, I want you to look at that for a minute. How, how to remain in the love of God. That, that's a really important factor. We want to obey His commands. Um, I, I, I just want to say this today. We're going to be talking about love as in reference to each other and how we relate to each other in the body of Christ. But did you know you and I don't have the capacity for the God kind of love without allowing him to love us fully? So if you in your own life, maybe you've been dealing with things and you hear a voice and you, you, you might notice early in the morning or late at night that you're feeling like, ah, you know, a sense of condemnation or shame or that God doesn't really love you. Hear me on this. You can never love as you're supposed to love as a Christian and make an impact in this world if you don't settle the fact. God loves me. God loves me. Circumstances come. Things are difficult. God loves me. I know he loves me. We have to settle that as Christians where we don't go back, you know. We don't go back and say, well, look, this is happening. The enemy will point to things. If, if God loved you, then it's the age-old thing that happened in um, Genesis 1. The first three chapters where the enemy says to Eve, if God really loved you, in a sense, he's saying that God didn't say surely mean that you couldn't eat of that fruit. You'll die. Die." And so in essence, he attacked the fact that God fully loved, understood, fully valued her. The enemy is still doing the same thing today because it works. So when circumstances come in your life, the enemy will say, if God really loved you, fill in the blank. We have to settle that once and for all, or we're not going anywhere with our love for each other. That's one of the major things. The enemy stops us there because and then we don't even go on to develop in our love for each other. And the love walk that we should have because we're still struggling. If God loved me, then why? If God loved me, let's settle it. I want to stop right now. I want you to settle that right now where you are. Did you know you can settle that today? And even though there's thoughts of doubt and unbelief that come, and it'll always be there that the enemy tries to throw things your way. Can you settle that once and for all? God loves me. Would you say that right now? God loves me. No matter my circumstances, no matter what happens in your life, you have to settle that because we live in a world that's cursed. Not everyone's following God. And so there are going to be some crazy things that happen politically, economically. And if we are are always wondering or we're filled with shame, we're filled with guilt. Those are indicators that we're not operating in the fullness of God's love for us. So we have to receive his love completely. Back to um, Jesus um, and his sayings here in John 15. I have told you this. He says, again, I'm, I'm telling you that you obey my commands, Jesus' commands. And he's going to tell you what that is specifically in a minute. Um, so that you remain in the Father's love. If you ever wonder, you know, uh, if you're waffling or you're dealing with something, maybe a a habit that keeps coming up in your life that you can't seem to get beyond, I just would encourage you to make it your confession out your mouth. There's a time to pray and there's a time to speak God's word, you know. And you can do both of those things together, but you don't have to be praying to speak his word and declare it over your life. You're declaring truth. God loves me. God loves me. He has good things for me. So Jesus says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do you see that Jesus is connecting the level of our joy to staying connected in love? No no joy, depression, anxiety, fear-based attack in our minds not resting in the love of God. And again, that takes sometimes confessing it out of our mouth. Lord, I know you love me. I know you love me. Jesus said, my commandment is this. Do you see that? Let's read that out loud, loud together. My commandment is this, love one another just as I have loved you. That's the new command. How is it different from the one we read in Leviticus? In Leviticus, it says, that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. In the New Testament, Jesus says, I want you to love like me. Love those around you. And specifically, um, it's in John, let's see. I thought I had it written here. I don't have it for you on the screen. But it is in uh, 1 John 4, 420, I believe. It says that whoever says, I love God and does not love his brother, that means church, family, that means Christians. You know, there's one thing to love the world. We should all love the world. But you and I are going to, there's people all over the world we'll never meet. So we love them by not doing them good. We pray when we can for those that we come in contact with through missionaries or whatever. But your and my commandment as Christians is to love the brothers We are supposed to love each other in this house. It may also, it should also include your own family, you know, especially if they're Christians. But God highly prized our love for the brotherhood as Christians. You know, this is one area. Don't go to sleep on me. This is one area we want to be accountable to each other. Were you ever to see someone in this house that was rude to somebody, please don't come tell me. You go talk to them. Hey, I think I just saw you. If that would have been me, that would have hurt my feelings, what you just said to them. Right, ladies and gentlemen? We are going to exhibit the love of God in this church by never being rude, by never being testy and ugly, or turning just even turning away from someone who spoke to you. We want to operate in such love. I will tell you, this church has a reputation for being a very loving church. But do you think we could increase in that? Do you think we could develop and come up in that? There are levels of the love of God. We're talking about a power a power source. A power source and not a feeling. I'm going to come back to John 15 in just a minute. But I want to go back... Uh, uh, to another place. I want to go to 1 Corinthians 13 and see what God says about the definition of love in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 6. In the world around us, you would hear love if you listen to any secular music. Love is equated with desire. This is what I feel, all these feelings. And so we tend to think our love has changed if our feelings have changed. You will be a terrible parent. You'll be a terrible spouse if you think that loving someone is based on your feelings. How wishy-washy would that be? How unfulfilling for the other person. In fact, I would say to you, you are loving at your best when it feels the worst. When it's the most difficult, you are actually operating in supernatural power. In fact, when you tell yourself, you will not say that to your boss. You are operating in supernatural power. Only the godly do that. Everybody else attacks their boss. Everybody else will leave their wife or their husband. The the conflict ensues. You know, that's the way the world lives. As Bible-believing Christians, we have a force that is available to us through the power of love. And I want to look at what that looks like in 1 Corinthians 13. You know, with the world's view, we have to recognize that there's such a void out there in the world. It's like a black hole. People are searching for love and they're fulfilling a desire to be to feel better by with drugs no amount of marijuana soothing your thinking is going to ever fulfill you it may numb you where you don't feel the moment but it is not it is no substitute for the love of god sex is no substitute For the love of God, you will never stay fulfilled sexually without the love of God. Can I tell you this? Christians have the best sex. Because they know how to do things God's way. And recognize they can operate in love no matter how they feel. And then the feelings come. That's a great reward. Happy Mother's Day. Alcohol is no substitute for the love of God. If the love of God cannot fill you first, there will be all this seeking. That's what we see in the world, this seeking after fulfillment, wanting something, wanting to watch some entertainment, wanting something so that they, what are they doing? Trying to avoid the pain and ache that is just part of being in a cursed world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the love of God. It's the love of God that everyone is looking for. It's what we need. And then we can give that away as well. Don't seek to fill a void in your life. Without his presence, it will never happen. You will never be fulfilled in any relationship with any uh, amount of money or success. Only the love of God can meet that need. 1 Corinthians 13. Let's look at verses 4 through 6. The Bible says love is patient and kind. It is not jealous or conceited or proud. Love is not ill-mannered. Let that speak to you. We want the word to change us. Even in your family, don't allow your children to be rude. Don't allow them to be rude. You do not want them. What you're doing when you're raising children, you're not just raising a, a child that you can stand. That's, gonna be, that's someone's future spouse. If they smart off to you and they're snarky with you, they're going to be rude to their employer, rude to their spouses and family members. Love is not ill-mannered or selfish or irritable. You may have an irritable moment here and there, but we don't walk in it. We do not walk in it. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love is not happy with evil, but is happy with truth. Love, the next little part goes says love is eternal. So important for us to to know what love actually is. You don't you don't see a love a feeling. Love feels happy. Love feels good when someone embraces. No, no, we don't see that. It, in fact, you will hardly find anything about feeling in the New Testament. I'm I'm looking. I'm looking, but there's not a lot in there about feeling. It's about action. You take action. You do this, you do that. And guess what? God will take care of the satisfaction and the feelings and the fulfillment that you and I so long for. You see this passage here? This is more about who God is. God is love. God is what? Patient. God is kind. I'm so glad, aren't you? I'm so glad he's patient with me. I'm so glad he's kind well, in the same way, this love is more about who you are, it has nothing to do about what you feel. It is about who you are. Imagine the force to be reckoned with if Christians walked into the workplace, into our schools, into our community events, and we understood that we were positioned of sorts. In a place called the love of God. And so positioned that we couldn't be knocked off that, that position. And we know who we are. And there's not one thing that anyone else can say or do that would make us love them less. Did you know you can be so proactive that you go into a place and you really you're already in such a place, if you spend your time with the Lord, you're letting him fill your life, then you're full on the inside. And so if someone says something to you, listen, you ought to be nigh impossible to offend. If the love of God is in you, it ought to take, I mean, people ought to almost have to come. Did you hear what I said? To you I was just rude to you. I didn't even notice. We ought to be so secure that we're not look, looking and watching. Love is not irritable. We don't want to be the type of person that walks in the room and we're watching for people to acknowledge us. There, there she is. She showed up. It's you. You know, we do not want to be. That's the way the world lives. Why am I talking about this? That's the way it is in the world around us. They're so looking for something. They so want to be noticed. You and I are going out there to notice them. We're going out there with a power force, with a purpose in our hearts to love them because we don't need anything. We don't need anything in return. Everything we get is a bonus. When we're talking about relationship with others, what a blessing to walk in the love of God. You know, Jesus gave a great example of love in action. Um. And I want to read, I want to do this kind of in a reverse way I had it in my notes. Let's look at Philippians 2, verse 3. In Paul's writings, it says this, do not do anything. Boy, anytime I say don't do anything or never or uh, any of those absolutes in Scripture, I want to take notice. Never, any of the nevers, what, never? You know, wow. This is don't do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast but be humble toward one another, always considering others better than yourselves. It doesn't say that, remember, others are better than you. That's not it. Considering, considering others. You decide, I decide you're better than me today. I'm treating you as better. It's not based on how they treat you. I consider you better than myself. What's Jesus' example? Well, If you remember, Jesus was with his disciples, and um, he got a basin, and he began to wash their feet. And Peter was appalled, really. After all, Jesus was their master. He was discipling them. And of course, in any culture, the servant is never lower or never superior than the master, and vice versa. And so, uh, Peter just said, Lord... No, you can't wash my feet. You're, you're here. You're the master. You, please, no, we should be washing your feet. And Jesus says, "This is I want to do this. And in fact, um, he says, you're not part of me if you don't allow me to wash your feet. And then, Jesus, then Peter was all in. Well, give me a bath then. He, he wanted to follow fully. But what we see there is an example of considering, were they better than Jesus? Absolutely not. But he considered them, treated them in that moment as better than himself. What a power position to be in that you and I can decide. When we walk through the doors of, that ch- of this church, those people, I will treat them as if they are so much better than me. I will treat them with such honor. Would you say honor? Honor is not deserved. Did you know? Honor has to do with me. If I choose to honor you, there's not one thing you can do about it. Because I'm choosing to be honorable, filled with honor, and then I can confer that on anyone that I choose. What a powerful way to live. Honoring those, esteeming others in the body of Christ above ourselves. I remind you of of 1 John 4, 20. Where Jesus said it, the value of, if, if you say you love God and you don't love your brother, he didn't say the world, remember, your fellow Christian, your fellow, those you're called to walk alongside. Let it never be said of anyone in the chapel that we're bad mouthing some other church. Well, they're, they're not, they don't teach the word over there. Well, what does their pastor open every Sunday? They're not spirit filled. Well, how do we know that? If they're saved, they have the Spirit as well in a measure. Let it never be said of us that we're talking about other churches. We esteem our fellow churches above us. If they're bigger than us, we esteem them. If it's a smaller church, we esteem them and love them. We lock arms with them. There's power in that, such power in that, that the enemy wants to keep us out of that, that knowledge of, of power where love is concerned, I want to go back and close as we look at John 15 once again. Jesus said, My commandment is this love one another just as I have loved you. So think about it. Jesus loved us so much that he gave his life up for us, that he deferred to us, that he left his um, mighty glory in heaven and came. And lived among us. So ask the Lord right now. Remember, love is also an action thing. We're not just talking about love, but we want to figure in our minds today. We want to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. What does this kind of love look like when I leave here? What's this? What does this change for me? If we leave today after hearing this and nothing changed, no, 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 that cannot be us. Things will change in the way we live because of what we saw in His Word. The greatest love you can have for your friends is to give your life for them. Now, that that's not just being a martyr. There's, that happens in, in especially other countries where people are giving their life for the gospel's sake. So that's to be honored. But, you know, giving up what you wish you could have for the sake of another. Sometimes this happens on a closer connection within family units. You know, if you can love... God in your house. We talked about this in Ladies Bible Study the other night. If you can love God in your house, you can do it anywhere. <laughs> That's the hotbed because it's day in, day out with people that you know them. You can't believe they said that. They, they ought to know. I'm not going to tolerate that. So there's all of that stuff that comes up when we live day in, day out and we know, no, know, know somebody. What if we lived and practiced the love of God in our homes to such a degree that it, there was just a mark? John and I were at uh, some friends' house last Monday night. Actually, family members uh, were there. And um, we left, and, and John said, Did you just not feel the peace of God in that, that home? It was amazing. Um, They prayed like three times while we were there, Uh, prayed over the food, prayed over the dessert, prayed over the, it was just amazing. But even without that, that wasn't it. it. It wasn't like we just felt the presence of the Lord when they prayed. It was when we walked in their house. There's such a peace in their home. God wants that for you, and what it does is there's such a reinforcement and a safety. I want you to see love as a safety net. When God asks you and I to walk in the love of God, there is a protection in our lives, a supernatural protection. When you experience the love of God in your homes, there will be a reinforcement for your children, and they'll feel really awkward when they hang around with someone that's maybe cursing them speaking against their identity because they grew up where that is foreign to them and they were called on it. We will not, we're not going to act in strife. We're not going to live in strife. Let's get this settled right here. If you have that type of an atmosphere where it's it, it's just really something to come home to, it's a, it's a sense of wanting to belong, wanting to stay there. Hopefully we sense that um, in our, our church gatherings, when our church family gathers, such a sense of peace and God's goodness. I've heard different ones say it to me before. I just don't want to leave. I come in here and I'm just not really ready to leave. What is that? That's the presence of God. That's the love of God. It can be in your home. It should be in your home. Expect it. We can foster the love of God. Jesus said, and you are my friends if you do what I command you. Well, if we, if that's a logical sentence there, if we don't do what he commands, then we really wouldn't be his friends, right? You might be a servant because Jesus says in another place, um, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. And which he was saying, and I'll reveal secrets to you. I'll reveal things that I'm preaching out there. I will reveal them directly to you because you are no longer servants, but you're my friends. Well, you are Jesus' friends if you do what he commands you. And what did he command back up there? What's he talking about? My commandment is that you what? Love one another as Jesus loved. Um, Oh, there it is exactly. You are my friends if you do what I command. I do not call you servants any longer because servants do not know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends because I've told you everything I heard from my father. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear much fruit, the kind of fruit that endures. Notice, Jesus is not changing subjects. He was talking about love. Okay, now he's talking about fruit. No, the fruit of the Spirit is love, and then the others are listed, joy, peace, patience. kind of stuff. I think they're all nutshelled in love, all in love, all of those fruit of the Spirit. If we're operating in the fruit of the Spirit, our target is love, and we can't go wrong by doing that. And so the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. Still, Jesus is talking about love. You want to boost in your faith? Come up in your love walk. Develop in the love of God for others. And so the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. This then is what I command you. What does that say? Love one another. That's the great, great commandment. I want you just to take a few minutes and ask the Lord what he wants you to do in application and obedience to what was spoken today. What did you hear in his word that you are are mulling over in your head and you're thinking, "Ah, I need to take action on that. Maybe it's in relationship to someone else. Maybe it's being founded and rooted in the love of God. If you've been waffling back and forth, things are good. God loves me. Things are bad. Oh, I'm not sure God loves me. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling fearful and ashamed and all of that. Maybe it's settling that love of God for you once and for all, no matter what you feel or think. Whatever it is, I'm going to ask you just to take a moment to just search your heart and ask God what your next steps are. You know, being solid in the love of God, I don't know that that happens without being solid in his word. His word is the word of love. And it will renew your mind and how you should interact, how I should interact. I want to renew my mind to that on a regular basis, or else I get way down in low-level living. So let's pray. I'm going to give you a minute just to think and allow the Holy Spirit to tailor-make this message and speak to your heart. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you showed us and proved to us your love when you sent Jesus. There's nothing more that you need to do or say to prove to us that you love us. So, Lord, I pray that we'd be solid in that fact. Lord, I pray over everyone under the sound of my voice that you would bless them. I pray that you would bless them and help them to see the love of God in their own hearts as a force coming from them to their family members, to those they work with. Lord, may we be so solid in the love of God and how to operate in that. We ask you, Lord, that you would convict our hearts. I'm asking you, Jesus, convict my heart, convict our hearts as a church family. When we step out of that, When we step out of the love of God in some way, convict our hearts and Lord, we'll be quick to repent, turn around, change, go the other direction so that we stay in the love of God. Lord, I'm asking you to do such a work in our corporate body here in the chapel that you would do such an amazing work where the love of God is so evident that people are drawn to our church and they plug in and become disciples. Lord, that's what you promised in your word, that your kindness would draw people to repentance. So I pray that your kindness, we, we yield ourselves. We yield ourselves to be agents of kindness, agents of love and grace. Thank you, Lord, that that is as supernatural ability that only comes through you, that we can operate in love when everything within us cries out to do the opposite. So, Lord, I just thank you for that. What an amazing, amazing thing to have your love shed abroad in our hearts by Christ Jesus. So, Lord, I bless this church body. And I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to do life together, to walk this love walk, In Jesus' name,
1: amen. You know, a lot of times when somebody says, you're blessed, you know, typically we go to the mindset of maybe financial blessing. But we should go to the mindset of we're blessed because we're loved. Think about that. Did you think about it long enough? Okay, Proverbs 19 says, what man desires most is unfailing love, and our God loves us. Therefore, we can be blessed in order to be a blessing. As Gwen was able to share through uh, some of the things today, especially in uh, John 15 and 1 Corinthians 13, I want to ask you to take and apply this to your life immediately. I know that today is Mother's Day and a lot of you are celebrating uh, with mother today. It might be a a wife that's not your mother, but you're celebrating Mother's Day. You might be taking her out to eat or celebrating. You're giving her something. That's an act of love and kindness. That is actually the fruit of the Spirit being exhibited by people that are around you. Now, We know that walking in love is so much more than gift giving or, you know, acts of service or words of affirmation or all that. But I want to encourage you to apply walking in love as a believer to something that is visible. We cannot just say that it's always, you know, in the spiritual realm that we're walking in love. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Choose to do something for somebody that took action on your part. And walking in love. It might be as little as uh, taking a gift to somebody at work or maybe a neighbor. It might be saying something of words of affirmation to somebody. Just, I appreciate what you do in my life. It will again starts in motion, walking in love and making it not just a duty, but something that's coming out of your DNA as a believer. Amen? Amen. 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 I want to ask Justin Calcutt and Christy to come at this time. Uh, you know, this week was a wonderful week. We had a baby born, Justin and uh, Kristen. Can you say amen to new births? Amen. Little Uriah came, I believe it was on Thursday, and uh, and, and we're expecting him to be in church in a few more weeks, and we're going to celebrate together with him. Continue to pray With uh, Justin and Kristen uh, as Uriah is in the hospital, a little bit premature, but let me tell you, we're gonna believe for the best, and he's gonna come out of that hospital. Amen. And then uh, last night, this young couple uh, got engaged. Let's give them a hand. So uh, we wanted to uh, celebrate that, and Christy is uh, doing such a great job over our missions and also our trip coming up to Honduras. Uh, Justin has been helping in the men's ministry, and the uh, guys, you know, if you've come to breakfast, Justin is the guy that's putting it together. So we're, I'm just so proud of this young couple that have, have decided to spend their lives together, and and I hope Justin and Christy took notes today and I'm walking in love and So before we go, why don't you stand with me? As you're standing, I want to remind you that we have a place to give your tithes and offerings on the way out. I can't forget to say that, but also, let's pray over Justin and uh, Christy today. Father, today I pray blessings on this young couple. And Father, as they start out their life together, God, in the next few weeks, give them peace, to be able to see the wedding and everything that goes on, no pressure. But God, more important than that, the weeks to follow when they get married and all the things that are coming, God, that they are the standard. God, because of who they are in you. And Father, I pray blessings on their family to come. And your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming to the chapel today. Happy Mother's Day.